You guys are just killing it this morning. We are so grateful for you and so grateful to have you here. It's always good to have kindergartners come and sing with us. Oh, man, I always, I always forget that. Every time I forget that you're second grade. I remember when you were first grade last year and playing kickball and hanging out in the playground and all that stuff. And in our playground, we have slide. You like to play on the slide when you were little. I know you don't anymore. You're big now. And things to climb on. There's a little bridge. Remember that? He used to run and play. And then how many guys played kickball? Yeah, and the girls jumped rope. Yeah, and played on the uh, waffle stompers and all those things. I mean, it's pretty good, uh, pretty good stuff. How many of you ever been to Disneyland? Yeah, a few of you. That's good. Um, <laughs> right. Have you ever been on a roller coaster at Disneyland? Yeah. They're not bad. They're, you're not scared. No. I wasn't scared when I was your age. Now I'm a little more aware of physics and that stuff. It's a whole different, <laughs> it's a whole different thing. But I, uh, I remember going on a roller coaster at Magic Mountain, which isn't, it's kind of like Disneyland, but it's kind of not. And uh, it's hotter up there. But they have a lot more roller coasters than they do at Disneyland. And they had at one time what was called the biggest, fastest roller coaster in the world. It was called Colossus. Very good. And so we would go up there and we would ride it. We would hang out. And I remember getting on the Colossus and you got on this huge uphill thing. And if you've been on a roller coaster, you know how that goes, right? It's click, 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 click. And then all of a sudden it quit clicking and we stopped. And we sat there for a while. Not cool. Not cool. So we were about three quarters of the way to the top of the Colossus and we just sat there. And finally, a guy comes up the thing, up the steps, up the thing, and he goes, it's going to be a minute where he's got to pull a lever and push a button and fix it, and then you guys can finish your ride. So we sat stuck in a roller coaster car for about 15 minutes waiting for it to go. But eventually, I mean, I'm not still there. No one, no one got sick. So it was, all, it was all kind of good. It worked out pretty, it worked out pretty well. Have you ever been stuck? Yeah, maybe here or there, whatever. I brought some pictures today. If you look up at the thing where it says, Peace Will Come Advent, I've got a couple of uh, pictures of people stuck. I know, huh? That's a whole different kind of roller coaster than the one I got stuck on. It looks like they're actually like with their backs to the ground. And on the left, that's called the cherry picker. And that had to come and pick the people out of the thing. Now, that's a little bit, yeah, I know, that's nerve-wracking, huh? I'm not sure I can handle it. It's a little different kind of stuck than just being stuck. So they have to come from above, right? They've got to bring the thing and set it up and move it over and get the people out one at a time. It's a little bit slower thing. This is a picture of two men who are fishing in a river in the east coast of the United States. And, and you can just barely see the men right under the helicopter, but the water rose. And because of the way it is, you couldn't bring a Jeep or a truck in there. They had to come from above and drop down and pull out the, the fishermen. And they were okay, but that's a different kind of stuck too, right? It's one thing if you're stuck for me to say, okay, I'll pull and help you. It's another thing to pick you up with a helicopter and move you, move you out. This is a mountain biker. I especially like mountain bikers. This is in Northern California. He got in a mountain bike accident and he was hurt and he went down a cliff 
And so a guy had to go down on that blue rope and connect himself to the mountain biker guy and then pull him up. How far do you think he is above the ground? I mean, it looks like, what do you think? Like 100 feet or something. It's not like two feet or whatnot. The helicopter had to really pick him up and, and let him go. You guys did such a nice job singing. And then Mrs. Todd read this scripture for us. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down. And the mountains trembled before you. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. You got enough to do between now and December 24th? Because I'm not going to give you anything else to do except think and meditate and pray a little bit. But I want you to consider in a few moments what it means when God comes down. Because Christmas is a total celebration of God coming down to humanity. You know, after Thanksgiving, everything changes. We, we decorated, the trees go up, the advent wreaths here, the colors on the pastures, and the, everything kind of changes. And even the children's music, they're singing a Christmas carol in their song today. And in a few moments, the flute, when Rachel plays, I wonder if you're going to know absolutely every word to every song that is played in her piece. And it's amazing in December that we get to look forward to a new year, but in that we look back a little bit and make critical evaluations of where we've been. What did I do in 2017 that made a difference? Where were those places where I was stuck? That God came down and said, I know you're stuck, but I'm here with you, and I'm gonna move you from here to here, and I'm gonna make sure this is okay. Because when God comes down, things are never the same again. When, when God comes down, he fixes things or he breaks things. And people say, man, I want God to come down into my life and it'll all be great and everything. I said, man, be careful what you wish for. Because when God shows up, everything's totally different. How many of you guys have heard of Moses? Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Been waiting for that since Thursday when I put this together. I do every. Those kids know Moses. Kids know that song. They know the, the story of the faith. They can tell you when God comes down. Watch this. What is this a picture of, do you think? Well, that God came down. That's a burning bush, right? God came down to Moses and he talked to him in the burning bush, right? God came down. And Moses is in a podunk place, in a podunk thing, doing a podunk job that he's way more equipped to be a politician or a leader or a businessman or an attorney. And God comes down and says, Moses, everything's off. Everything you thought you were doing is changed and transformed. In the twinkling of an eye, Moses, you're going to go rescue a million people out of the most powerful man in the world. He's building pyramids and a sphinx and all this stuff. And you're going to go take his labor force that's working for free and you're going to move them to a different land. God came down. Moses could have tended Jethro's sheep forever and ever, but God came down and says, Moses, it's going to be completely different. You're going to go a different direction in your life at over 80 years old. Wow. God comes down. And when God comes down, things transform. At least they did for Moses. And then when things were going bonkers for Moses, he went to Mount Sinai 
And God said, we're going to climb this mountain. We're going to have a little talk. And as Moses went up and God came down, the people went berserk. And God looks at Moses and he says, these people who you let out of Egypt. And Moses said, wait a minute, God. These are your people. You told me to go get them. And they're crazy. They're certifiably nuts. They got a golden calf as if you didn't see the movie, the Bible or the Ten Commandments. And no, they're all going nuts. And God came down and said, I'm going to bring order. I'm going to bring peace. I'm going to bring connection to God for people. And I'm going to redefine you. God came down to Moses there. Moses came down to the people and said, here's the covenant. Here's the promise. God will be your God and you will be his people. It's the essence of being a Christian. It's at the very heart of what it is to believe in God. Is to believe that God is your God and you are his child. And to believe that and hold on to that is why God came down. That's why Christmas and Advent, that's why the children singing and all of the hymns that we sing have a whole different flavor because we're reminded that God comes down at Christmas as he came down in November and October and September and August and exactly when you needed him to be there. He comes to rescue. God doesn't come with an angry spirit with thunderbolts in his eyes ready to kill people who are disobedient. Rather, he comes down as a father to children. As someone who loves somebody comes into the life of somebody else. I think sometimes that gets lost at Christmas. This last Friday, we, we and my wife went out a little bit, and Friday's my day off, and Saturdays I typically work, and, and it was so busy. You want to walk through the Brea Mall? Yeah, I'll walk through the Brea Mall. What are all these people doing here? It's only December 1st. What's going on? Well, there's only 24 more shopping days to Christmas. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Your boss laid the, laid the work in front of you and said, i got to have this done by December 22nd or your toast. The bonus that you need, you need to get this done. Or he came to you and said, hey, the objectives that you have for your job, remember when we did those six months ago? Yeah, you have 24 more days to get those done. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. And in all of that busyness and all of the hectic nature of all this stuff we got to do, sometimes we forget what we're all about and who we are. And then the children sing and the flute plays and the scriptures put on the screen and we lay back in that pew a little bit and we go, that's right. God comes down. God comes down. And when God comes down, everything changes everything is transformed isaiah wrote these words no one calls on your name that's the name of the lord no one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins yet you lord are our father we are the clay you are the potter we are the work of your hands do not be angry beyond measure lord do not remember our sins forever oh look on us we pray for we are your people. Where were those moments of your life that God came down this last year and you were lost in your soul? 
Might be a high school student who's playing baseball who said, I think I'm going to play second base and I'm going to be an all-star. And the coach said, no, no, I'm going to put this kid ahead. He's a better player than you. And the young man says, now what? I've had my coach and my trainer. We play travel ball. And now it's all changing. Context, right? Families struggle and are torn at the seams. Sometimes we forget who we are. And Advent and Christmas, the end of the year, calls us back. You are a child of God. You are the work of God's hands. We are God's people. I love that. He says, we are the clay, you are the potter. How many of you guys do, we, we do clay in school still, right? Yeah, you guys make stuff, don't you? Some of that you're going to get for Christmas presents. That'll be great. When you make something, it looks only, there's how many are, like if you guys make a, a picture, how many of them are exactly the same? What, Bridge? Zero, right? They're all different. Because Lucas, uh, Lucas is of a hockey player and James is of Darth Vader and Bridget's pink and all, you know, all. And Charlotte's is green and cold for the Packers. <laughs> right, Charlotte? She's... There's a marvelous piece of the fact that you are uniquely created of God. And what God creates, he does not abandon. When God comes down, he comes in grace and love to the people he created. And when we get to the end of the year and there's so darn many things to do, it becomes so important that we remember who we are and what we're all about. You are not a function of all of the things that you do and the list that you accomplish. You are the clay and he is the potter. You are the work of God's hands. Uniquely beautiful because the creator made you to be and recreated you. God is not angry with our sins because Christ came down. Christ came down on December 24th. You wanna get freaked out? Three weeks from today, we're gonna to celebrate Christmas. Ah! But no matter what, we're gonna celebrate Christmas. And we'll be reminded that Christ came down, not with fire in his eyes, but with love in his heart to forgive our sins, to remove the sins of the past, the, the, the resolutions that started with such great hope a year ago and now are kind of like, yeah, whatever, right? God forgives and God loves. You may go to your family's house for Christmas and there might be that person there who always kind of remembers what happened, right? Remember when you were a kid, you did that. You're so stupid. You're so dumb. You're like, yeah, Uncle Fester, just leave me alone, stupid. That was 100 years ago. God is not that goofy, nutty uncle that you invite and you go, oh, it's my mom's brother. We got to have him. Ugh. God is the God who comes down as the father, as the guest, as the patriarch who says, I love you. And I don't remember all that silly stuff that went on. I don't hold that against you. Because when I came down, I took care of that stuff. By my death on the cross and my sacrifice for you, I brought you to be with me. Don't ever forget who you are and hold on to who you are in faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. Love came down. And that's what Advent and Christmas are all about. Love comes down to you 
and to me. And God's got a marvelous way of rescuing us from our past for our future. Rescued us from the past for our future. When I was little, younger, my 20s and 30s, I used to coach. How many of you guys play soccer? I know. Um, I was a pretty good soccer coach. I coached soccer with my friend Kevin, and we won a lot of games. But if there's some stuff you could do over in your life, I don't think I would yell nearly as much as I did at second and third graders. We won a lot of games. Some of those little hearts you scream at, you say, come on, didn't I tell you? You should know better than that. And they got the scrunchie in their hair and their proper uniform on. And you know, Come on, dude, are you nuts? Rescued from my past for my future. Your kids are your future, right? They're here and you're taking pictures of them. You're taking, photo you're taking flash pictures in church. Can you believe that? Oh my God, that's unreal. My parents would have died. You just don't do, I mean, it just is what it is. It's a whole different world, but these are your future. I'm sitting in my office working away on my sermon this morning, pulling it together and going through it so it's not scattered and lost. And I had a lady send me a beautiful picture. And my daughter's a coach. And she coached a JV tournament yesterday for Orange Lutheran. And they lost one game and they tied one game, but they played extremely well. And the lady sent me the text. She said, I just want you to know how much your daughter, your, how much the girls love your daughter. She gets it. And then sent me a picture with three girls and my daughter in the middle. Rescued from the past for the future. 2017 and the broken pieces of that, okay. Because God continues to march us into the future. We are the work of his hands. He's the potter, we're the clay. And so in the weeks ahead, I don't want to ask you to put a bunch of stuff on your list. I simply want you to come to church, which we do because we're Christians. And I want you to reflect and meditate and pray. Drop your second grader off at the curb and stop before you do. We really appreciate it if you come to a complete stop before you drop your kid. Got your lunch. Whipping the lunch across the parkway. Hey, get your lunch. And maybe in that 15 minutes between screaming to a stop at Schaefer Street and pulling into the parking space at your work, there'd be a few moments of reflection of who you are and what you're all about and how God came down into your life. I wonder if you'd have some opportunity to meditate, not in some weird yoga nutty thing, but like a Christian meditates on the goodness of God and the blessing of God in your life. And that maybe just as you pull into your parking spot and walk from the spot to your office, before you turn your computer on and your email has seven million emails in it, and the task folder on your Outlook becomes very, very full, maybe a simple prayer. Thanks, Lord. Thanks for kids singing.
Thanks for life together. Thanks for coming down and making a difference. You are the work of God's hands. And he loves you as a dear, dear father loves his dear, dear children. And once he comes down and rescues, life is never the same again. Amen.